chubby cheeks, dimple chin, rosy lips and teeth within, curly hair, oh, very fair. Eyes are blue and lovely too. Wait, wait, wait. This is so flawed, dude. We're in 2021. Are we still are we talking about these standards? What? Exactly. I think it's time we break these stereotypes and start talking about it. Imagine there are so many people out there who would be facing these stereotypes. I think we should tell them that they're not alone. Yes. Uh, how about we create a podcast? A place where we can have conversation, break myths, and even question beauty standards? A podcast? Yeah, that sounds great. And we can also... We can also find so many stories that are so relevant and necessary. That, that, that would be really cool. Sounds like a great idea. But what do we call it? Oh, oh I think I have a great idea. How about Petromax Lite? It's so meta and perfect, dude. Perfect. So let's begin. Yes, it's showtime. Welcome to another episode of Petromax Lite Da Venuma. Hi, Madhu. So, who do we have on our show today and what are we going to be talking about? Hi, hi. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode. So, this time uh, we're going to be talking to Bhargavi um, and we're going to be talking about how our bodies and the physicality plays a big role in uh, performing arts and especially in dance. Uh, so let's uh, start. Hey guys, today we have uh, Bhargavi with us. Uh, Bhargavi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so uh, hi, I'm Bhargavi Kupalan. I'm a dance educator. I work in the space of teaching dance to adults. And I have an education in dance science that helps me develop my practice in this area. So in my classes, we combine scientific principles uh, of dance and then, of course, Bharatanatyam technique. And we learn dance together in a very community space. So uh, learning together, working together, improvising together is part of the training itself. Uh, from a research perspective, my work is concentrated on uh, techniques and ways we can teach adults and looking at different uh, necessities of the dancing body and hence uh, what kind of techniques we can develop that makes it easier uh, for the dancer to dance without injuries and also dance um, for a longer period of time. Very nice. Uh, so we just want to understand a little more. So what does dance mean to you? What would be your answer if somebody comes up to you and asks you what dance means to you? For me, dance is the way I think. So it's a language. So I through the movement. And I have always been a very visual learner. So dancing, moving, makes me connect that dot for me. It helps me visualize. Even if I'm writing a paper, I would kind of move because I need to be able to visualize what I want to talk about, right? So I approach that kind, I would approach that as a choreography. How would we do it? So dance is definitely a language. Dance is uh, definitely a way for creative expression. 
sometimes i think we have a lot of ideas in our head but uh, you can't put it into words or for me i can't put it into words so i find it easier to dance it out uh, make a piece around it uh, so dance is that uh, dance is also my occupation so i love teaching dance so i think that dance is a very all encompassing activity for me um i have always been in dance and so it's just it's just part of who i am part of my identity so uh, a big part of dancing also means using your body right like other than uh, expression mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i have also been uh, pursuing uh, theater oh by the way vadu uh, is a dance teacher so getting the record but yeah so i have been pursuing theater for like about 7 years now and uh, that that also as a performing art has a lot to do with the body itself right like the physicality mm-hmm. not just at least the, like the group that i've been part of we are mm-hmm. forced to also move with our body like so if you are moving mm-hmm. from one into another then take a purpose mm-hmm. for it you can't randomly just move on stage right i mean you right. can but take our director has to focus and ask why is this character going to you know just because you don't have anything to do you can't just go mm-hmm. right so big part of it is also your physicality itself so mm-hmm. i was trying to understand how is it different in dance like in theater it's more about the context and dialogues and things like that but there's also like mm-hmm. music in dance right and there's also instruments so can you tell tell me tell us a little bit about that i think in dance you're looking at how the body moves from where the movement origin so movement has an origin right it originates from your hand it originates from your head or it originates from your feet and that kind of an elaborate use of where it originates from how would it move uh, for example your shoulder would move in a different way than your knee joint would right so different kind of movement originates from different points Uh, when you guys are in the class and you're sitting in your aramandi that kind of movement is coming from a certain uh, place in the pelvis so i think in dance the use of body then comes as the one it comes as where the movement originates from how this movement will go forward because then you're also working within the body's architecture you have this body you have this kind of a skeletal structure you have to work within that at the same time you're also thinking of possibilities in, within it it does not mean that okay uh, if this is the only thing what is the what is the other way of coming to that movement can i come to a certain movement through my nose what would what would a moving leading through my nose look like so i think that that dance works in that way uh, in theater and and dance takes a lot of it, um, i think um, you, you know techniques from theater as well because you're playing sometimes when you do abhinaya you're playing a character right so when you're playing a character then you're also embodying that character in your body uh would your character uh, you know you know uh, bend your shoulders or would the character you know have their chest puffed up and those different things in the body would attribute to different meaning and then come out as different character so i think that dance definitely has its own kind of a vocabulary because you're also working with a certain technique uh, if you are looking at indian art Uh, then Bharatanatyam has a technique, Odissi has a technique, uh, even Western art, ballet has a technique, modern dance has a technique. So you're working in that technique also, but you're also pushing off boundaries at times to think of what the body can do. 
Okay, so now coming back to dance. Um, so I think every, not just dance, every industry or every um, aspect of life, there are certain like myths and realities that exist, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, so this, this is a question that we try to understand uh, on on all our podcasts, all our episodes rather. So can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the myths that are involved in dance or uh, or the I, I, something that you've heard of and something mm-hmm. if we can oh, bust some myths now a lot of myths <laughs> a lot of myths first thing is that if you dance uh, specifically bharatanatyam because i have been practicing bharatanatyam okay that if you dance bharatanatyam then your body becomes a feminine or you know you move in a only in a certain way your walk will change uh okay. bharatanatyam dancer if you are a bharatanatyam dancer you then in your walk itself you will know uh, that she or he is a dancer uh i think that that that's not true uh, uh, when you when you when you start doing a certain dance yes you learn that technique that like it becomes part of the everyday practice and things like that but it necessarily does not define that the person would move or behave in a certain way i don't think it's true the second biggest myth i think that is uh, it's i think i've heard over and over and over again is that when you dance bharatanatyam you end up having big uh, buttocks Oh, really? uh, again that that's a, yes that's a big myth that does not happen nobody gets big uh, buttocks because of dancing bharatanatyam what happens is that you might have you know you when you're sitting in aramandi you're using the lower half of your body so much that you know you might have a better definition of muscles in certain areas the second thing that can happen is that you're sitting wrong with some kind of pelvic tilt that is making a postural difference in your body and that postural difference has become in the come in the everyday so it gives an appearance of having say uh, big bottoms but it does not happen because of dancing <laughs> i think the other myth um, uh, which i kind of uh, also kind of work around is you need to be in a dance class at a very young age in order to be able to learn dance and have a career in dance for that matter and i think madhu you can just kind of uh, agree with me on this you don't have to be <laughs> starting dance at 4 years old or 5 years old in order to be uh, to be able to learn the technique whatever technique that be uh, bharatanatyam included indian classical arts included you can learn dance at any point provided you have an environment that allows you to do that uh, maybe a class where kids are being taught and you are learning may not be the same because you know there Uh, outcome is going to look look a little different from your outcome because you have a different cognitive understanding of things from they do so i think that's where it that's where that myth comes from uh, madhu is there any other myth you know of no i that uh, this is a very tangential myth but also the origin of bharatanatyam itself is something that um, is looked at as a as only an upper caste um activity yeah. of sorts but it actually started from the devadasis and yeah. um like you know all these beautiful women who actually belong not to the upper caste but they actually sort of like conceptualized the whole thing but uh yeah. it just eventually became about only uh people of a specific uh, race and religion yeah. so that's also like a interesting myth i think but i can't think of anything else maybe if i think of something i will add on but uh, i thought kritik also had a question yeah no so one thing that i have heard about um is people who dance especially bharatanatyam have very beautiful eyes 
so now i don't know if this is a stereotype mm-hmm. or i mean that that is a good thing but i now i don't know if that's a stereotype so uh, i think that i i i have big eyes so i fit the stereotype <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> um, but i think that uh, I, i again that myth kind of comes from the fact that when you're on stage and you have to elaborate makeup which okay. is to enhance certain areas of the face okay. because you're on stage you're very far away from the audience right so the audience has to be able to look at the expression from from afar and when you are on stage and with makeup light light also hits you at different spots and you know you open your eyes to do an expression or probably you um, exaggerate the movement so therefore the appearance or the understanding that dancers have big eyes um right. but you did you did not have big eyes to dance you can have any kind of eyes and that's fine <laughs> but but i also think another myth or i don't know how to categorize this is the whole dance attire uh, because uh, in our classes a lot of us dance in shorts so but like i think that's also i, I don't know if it's a myth or is it it's a i don't know what i would categorize that but the whole dressing itself to look the very the look of a dancer looks a certain way that we understand that okay if you are a dancer you got to look in a certain way yeah exactly. and i often get that i often get that people will say oh you don't look like a bharatnatyam dancer because i don't wear big photo or jhumka mm-hmm. yeah to class <laughs> to class i am uh, in, i i am who i am and uh, then i tell my students you guys can wear whatever is comfortable and allows you to move and you can breathe uh, you know and you can come to class so there is no ideal dancer look as such i think that's a big big under, big myth that okay all dancers yeah. have to look in a specific way to be categorized as one kind of a dancer and that if you don't look uh, you don't wear these putti or the jhumkas or a certain kind of colors then you must be contemporary dancer So, so that shift that always that conversation is happening. <laughs> that's that's I find it very uh, funny. Um, but also tell us a little bit about uh, what it is to be a dancer in um, different places, right? Like you have some mm-hmm. connections in Chennai, like Kalakshetra, for example. But you've also learned predominantly in Delhi, and you also studied mm-hmm. in London. So, like all these contexts. So, does it really uh, influence? Um, your art form or how does it influence your art so it did influence my art form okay i learned in a very uh, i learned in a kalakshetra style of dance from a south indian teacher in a in a place where a lot of south indian girls learned along with me right one of the reasons i learned bharatanatyam is also because i am a south indian right so all that is a part and parcel of the of the dance dance learning process i cannot ignore that and uh, when you learn a certain dance form you also learn uh, you know through these lineage of that guru as well so there are certain things that you perform certain pieces the way things are choreographed uh, there is an aesthetic sense that comes into play uh, so when when i uh, when i was learning i also embodied that identity right i was going to dance class in a putti jhumkas wearing a certain color looking a certain way because that's what was the right thing to do at that point and also because everybody did that so when you are a child you don't think about oh can i shift from here you don't think that as an option but i think an education in dance especially kind of going abroad allowed me to be present in my own art form as who i am 
within my own body that okay i can do bharatanatyam the way uh, i don't have to look a certain way i can still practice bharatanatyam i can work with the bharatanatyam technique with concepts that resonate with me that align with my body they don't have to be a certain kind of a concept they don't have to be specific to uh, uh, you know a storyline or something like that i can make my own storyline i can make my own theme so i think there is this uh, i i think that that education makes makes that difference you know one is to traditionally learn a piece and of course that has its advantages as well but then one is to also allow yourself to open yourself out of those uh stereotypes or those boxes or whatever that you have been in a really long time and i think when you are in the box you don't realize it i i i didn't think i realized it um i didn't realize it until i went out and i saw other dancers i went out and saw what my practice could give me um and for that matter i have to attribute a lot of my uh, thinking shifts happening to to my uh, to learning anatomy because that teaches you that the body is is this way you at the end of the day you are bones muscles and blood you are all kind of similar in that sense right if you think about it in that sense then if what kind of a body you have whether you have you are male whether you are female uh, whatever your uh, identity is it does not matter everybody is welcome in dance if you think of it like that right uh, i also learned to work with my own body's architecture because i think before that i was trying to look like someone trying to dance like someone constantly you know oh this movement does not look like this we don't look identical we have to look alike in that feeling that apprehension but i think now i don't have that now i dance with what my body allows me to dance right i also work not that okay today i feel like this is not working out does not mean i will leave it out i work towards it within the time i give myself my uh, my body an opportunity to kind of increase my range of motion so i identify if this movement is not happening then what can i do to make it better right so that that's the kind of understanding and changes in my uh, the way i looked at dance happened okay so can you also share a little more ex- a little bit about your experience as a teacher and helping your students understand about their bodies through dance okay so when i decided that i'm going to teach dance i also decided i'll only teach adults and i think the primary reason was this a lot of people told me don't do this uh, you know who will come what will happen to you and all of that uh, and i said no you know what i'm going to do it i'm going to see where it takes me because i feel in my heart that this is the right thing to do and why i decided to teach is because then i wanted to create a space like i said where you can be yourself and still learn dance and you can learn dance without these myths without these barriers of how do i look uh, what is it going to be like will i be ever able to finish this step or not uh, maybe this is what i can and all of that you know we are constantly kind of uh, doubting working around all of those yeah all of those things in class so i think that as a role as a as a teacher i think that my job is not to just kind of take the step and then give it to my students it is to tell them that this is the step of course you need to learn the technique but what more can you do with the technique what could you what are the possibilities that you think you like uh, often times when we do improvisations in class it is open ended right i would give a certain theme saying that okay today you know what you need to keep high and you need to touch high level and low level 
how you are going to do is up to you you can do it by spinning uh, you can do it by jumping you can do it in your own way and i just so when i'm talking about it i remember madhu's improvisation where she took it as a as a battery and she was doing that up and down motion you remember madhu you did the improv yeah <laughs> and she also used yeah. a piece of dupatta to kind of help her <laughs> with the with the improv so i think yeah. that that's all uh, those are all things that we do in class i also think that my role as a teacher is to uh, create a space where people can come in tune with their own body uh, and that through the medium of movement how do i understand where my spine is uh, how do i understand where how my pelvis moves and all these things we constantly kind of keep doing uh, you know learning to work with the pelvis is a very difficult thing because of some the hips are something that we don't often work with we kind of leave them off um, because hips have their own politics of things right but that just being comfortable to work with your being comfortable to work with your own body what was the last time that you were comfortable with your own body right to be able to say okay i am happy the way this is um, yes i need to build strength uh, so what will i do to build that strength but not not criticizing the body but critically analyzing the body yeah critically analyzing and criticizing have a very different outcome and i think that's what we do in class we critically analyze we we think why this movement is not happening the way we want uh and i think that just giving the autonomy to the students matters to me a lot i often tell them in class that if you don't like something tell me you don't like it it's okay you know you don't have to be like oh why oh, can't tell this in class what would happen to me <laughs> i would get um bashed for it or we we have a lot of fun we talk we also dance we share uh, i think that that's what makes makes the difference because then we are learning dance as a community not just individuals who just came and went and i think the girls do a fantastic job of that they always kind of connect with each other um if i if some days my uh, zoom gives up on me and i kind of go out, you know go off they are in there they are still practicing <laughs> so i really like all of that and i think that 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 giving them that autonomy is the is what uh, allows them to do all of that sorry one interesting thing is that i've actually never met bhagav in one year but i just like none of us have met each other in one year and we've yeah, been to one other class <laughs> i actually want <laughs> to ask about that i wanted to actually yeah, ask about it. that how is it um, in terms of how is it teaching dance uh, via zoom like your virtual world as opposed to how it used to be like in person so i'm assuming it was an in person class before the whole pandemic right and then you started uh, no i i think you launched in the pandemic right oh is it yeah, okay i'm sorry i was not aware of that is that yeah the funny thing that happened is that i got the studio space and within one week of it we went into lockdown oh so okay. i had the space and stuff in an imagination that we would have people come in here dance and then suddenly we were like no 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 everything has to be online now uh, i i don't think i even knew what zoom was at that point <laughs> okay so it was like overnight i learned okay all of that so i decided that okay i'm going to teach on zoom so it was it was a risk at that time because uh, nobody knew what zoom class would look like what is that you know what is that zoom class look like right but then it it paid off uh, so we are happy about that that it is working i think that one most important thing that i missed is getting to see them in person mm-hmm. and that physical aspect of human to human 
uh, and that is why I think a lot of times in the class we have we give time for conversation okay. and we talk about something because I think that if you don't do that then you don't come together as a group cohesively uh, and I think that coming together as a group cohesively is very important for for me as a teacher again because I look at it as a community practice. Uh, so we give time for that conversation, uh, we kind of connect. But I think, of course, in person, you know, that physical touch makes a huge difference. Uh, and of course, I would love to see my students. So <laughs> that's one thing I really miss. But other than that, I think, yeah, yeah. Other thing that we, I think, sometimes struggle with is direction, because I'm kind of yeah. uh, mirror. Yeah, Mirroring, so okay. kind of yeah. So, yeah, but I've learned that, you know, say things like, okay, this is the right hand, this is the left hand, and say things like that, that really helps in the teaching process. So, uh, then, you know, the, the, the curriculum that was designed to be taught in studio, I ended up shifting it for an online. And that, that made the difference because I was planned. If I hadn't had a plan, then it wouldn't have worked so much. Madhu, do you like learning dance online? I think you should answer this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I have like learned dance when I was really young and then I just like um, decided to uh, stop um, eventually. But mm -hmm. also when I, uh, so it's been, it's going to be almost like a year uh, of learning. Mm -hmm. And this was the first, um, I, I, I actually, I think I still remember, like I used my first internship um, money investment in this last year and ever since then I've been paying for it on my own and I think I also was a little apprehensive like as to oh my god hope this isn't yet another zoom session where um, we don't enjoy this but I think somewhere I've also had a lot of muscle memory of what I've learned when I was really young which is very interesting and if I when I could apply it here I thought it was like really um, really easy in some sense to do it but also I think I end up getting a bit more uh, frustrated sometimes that I do, uh, I think I, I do criticize. I don't sometimes critically analyze my bodies. That was a very, that was a really good, mm -hmm. that was a really good point, I, I thought um, as well. But uh, yeah, it's very weird because I've never met these people, but like week after week, we just like dance together, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. But also, we wanted to, since our podcast is about uh, trying to understand if, uh, you know, trying to actually get people to talk about their experiences, about their bodies. We also mm -hmm. wanted to, we, we had this, we started this podcast with an intention that uh, we would also get people to get more personal. So I want, we want to ask mm -hmm. you, have you gotten any unpolitical comments uh, growing up uh, in Delhi, being a South mm -hmm. Indian you know, many factors. So <laughs> tell us if you yeah. experience. So I think sometimes, uh, sometimes my curly hair uh, first comes out and tells people that I'm a South Indian. So a lot of people would say, oh, curly hair, matlab, you know, you're South Indian only. And I think sometimes the way I speak Hindi, I don't know. I, I have lived in Delhi for all my life. So I don't know what is the way I speak Hindi that makes people think it's different. But yes, uh, specifically to dance, I think that, uh, you know, uh, so just to give you a little bit of a context, when I was learning dance, I was very thin and super short. Yeah. Uh, so thin, short, tiny person dancing. So you get a lot of these comments like, oh, why do you need a big stage? You can do dance in one room, that is enough for you. 
you know and then comments like oh you why are you going back and standing you will not be visible only uh, or this costume is going to be pakka loose for you look at that it looks like stick on you and all of these kind of comments that they you know they over a period of time keep coming from here and there and you are like okay this isn't a big deal you brush it off uh, you know and you kind of move on uh, but you know sometimes it really hits you because you you feel like okay am i different from then other people uh, and the, this idea of being i'm still short it's not like suddenly i'm uh, so tall but you know that sometimes it comes back to you when you go on a stage you realize oh that makes you conscious should i not stand too much on the behind is this stage really that big big for me am i going to look very tiny and uh, you know you start asking yourself these questions and i think that i for being short i used to get a lot of comments and when you are thin people assume that you are somehow not healthy right uh, so you know you you're dancing and then the comments are like oh oh you should eat something or you should just going to paint while you're dancing i think comments are like really harsh at times and especially when you're dealing with a young young uh, child um also teenagers because it hits you very hard at that time and i think we need to be very uh, conscious about the conversations that we have and the way we respond to it if 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 you feel that a, if a student is very small and if you shift them behind the line they might not be visible that's an understandable thing but the way you communicate it is very important you can't say you're tiny so please go don't stand at the back yeah i think that's very important the other comments i used to get also was about my skin because um from from a year from like grade 7 onwards till i was 22 23 years old i suffered from a lot of acne uh, i was on stage so much stage makeup all of that oiliness and everything caused me to have a lot of acne growing up a lot of comments would come like oh if you have acne won't you look bad on stage photos may it will come bad no uh, why don't you go wash your face it will go away uh, oh my god that is <laughs> that comment is it's so overdone right now like if they see acne yeah, on your face that's just the first thing they <laughs> they have to tell you to wash yeah, your face like and <laughs> yeah they like wash your face and i'm like oh i i wish it worked like that you know, you know? <laughs> and if you're it's going to be taking a dance photo then you're like you know uh, given a certain kind of a cakey makeup so your acne can be hidden uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> i think that that's really crazy Uh, and you know it made me very very conscious it made me very conscious as a human being um and you know it it made me think about myself in a wrong sense now retrospectively looking at it now i don't have it but then you know at that time i used to feel so like oh god that, that am i that means that am i different am i less than someone else or maybe i'm not i'm not good enough for it and for some kids it can also mean the stop of learning dance that they don't go back to it if these kind of comments follow because that's what is their experience of them being in a dance class would be that they oh i'm going to go and i'm going to get these comments and after a point the kid is going to be like no you know what i don't want to be in this situation that makes me feel bad and i think that it continues also as an adult also it continues for certain people and uh, you know uh, dance is a place where uh, you are also surrounded by a lot of um, men from a very young age in the sense that your musicians are men your makeup artist is a male your costume designer is a is often male and i think that that makes it a place sometimes these kind of comments become more and more obvious uh, they become repetitive and it creates a very unhealthy environment 
I think for us, it is very important that we have these conversations. As a teacher, you know, if I was going to take these girls and do a show, I would definitely have a conversation with them even at this point. And be like, you know, what if you listen, if you heard something, if you think that this is not going to work out, you let me know. And I think that's the responsibility of the teacher. And as a, if you are a parent listening to it, and if you have a child who's coming and telling me that this is my experience, that I get these comments in my dance class, uh, don't brush it off. Don't say, oh, okay, it's fine. And don't say like, okay, from tomorrow you're not going to dance class. Find out what the issue is. Either if you feel like your child is not safe in that environment anymore, definitely remove them from that particular place. But also give them some other option. Like, okay, this, this dance class does not work for you. Maybe this one will is better. And, and I think that I also uh, learned it over the period of time that if you're a dance teacher, if you're hiring all of these extra people to come and work with you, do background checks, ask about them. So you know that you're you are not putting your... Uh, because also predominantly girls are learning. I'm not saying that it can't happen to young boys. It can. Uh, but whether you're working with young girls or boys, you need to do a background check. Ask about them. Know, know what you know, uh, know about the you know, previous experiences. If there has been any previous experiences, then get your facts checked before you hire them. Uh, don't say things like, no, 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 this person has been with me for uh, 10 years. Nothing like this will happen. So that is not a that is not a way of dealing with that. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, the kind of things I think we can do as a community to ensure that we are you know we are handling it in a better way. So our next question is actually based out of what you were talking about uh, gender. So we would like to understand uh, how gender plays a role in dance and your experience of it. Gender seems to play a very huge role, which I think it shouldn't, because dance should be open for anyone. It does not matter what kind of a gender expression you have. Uh, no. That is that does not that does not mean you can be a better or a, a better dancer or not. It is, does not equate like that. When I was learning dance, I think over a period of 14, 15 years, I might have seen three to two boys learn oh. with us. Okay. Uh, but now, as I as I look back now, more and more people are coming to learn dance because uh, you know now the conversations are a bit different. Uh, parents are okay with their children learning. I think at that time a lot had to do with parents not sending their kids. I will not make my boy go to classical dance. Why should I learn other dance? If you want to learn dance, then you learn hip hop. No, you learn. Oh, you want to learn dance? You learn karate instead. So that conversations are very common, right? And I think that is, um, uh, I think that's what prevented a lot of people from coming to dance. It isn't that boys did not want to learn dance. With respect to my class, I think I'm still having this conversation. When I open my classes, I, I, I continue to do so. My classes are open for people of all gender expression. It does not matter to me uh, if you're a girl or a boy or if you don't want to express what it is. It does not matter to me. But somehow, <laughs> again, it attracts women. <laughs> so um, it, I don't know how to kind of work around it. Uh, if people are listening to your podcast, they can know through this that we are, a, we are a safe space for people of all gender expression. If you come to the class, you would be taught the same way anybody else is taught. It does not matter. Um, what I care about is that your interest in learning dance. That's all matters. If you have an interest, you can drop me a message and you can be part of the class. Yeah, that's all, that's all matters to me. 
but unfortunately a lot of the conversations in dance around gender and it's become a more indian classical art has become more and more a female gen, you know centric art i think that because also you know the way that dance origin kind of came around over the many years it came from people who were devadasis now devadasis were definitely women uh, but it does not mean that the people who were in the performing arts space were only women a lot of these women had male gurus a lot of the natavanars were also male even now uh, your you know mridangam player tabla player flute player are male yeah and i think that we need to encourage people to take part in the classical arts and one of the ways we do it by busting these kind of myths that you know that your body will become a certain way you will going to have exactly. end up looking like this you need to have long hair uh, you know you need to wear uh, so much makeup and come every day all of that kind of myths because the i think the myths outweigh the uh, good attributes at times so it becomes very difficult uh, the the way we can allow it is first in school when boys express and you know want they would they want to come to dance class don't brush it off except you know give them an opportunity to dance i think in school dance should be open for everyone right when it starts at school level as adults they become more uh, i think more easy for them it becomes more easier to be in a class right i think conversations and busting the myths and you know teachers cultivating an environment where they feel open are all part and uh, part of them allowing people more and more people people of different gender expressions to come and participate in dance uh, dance need not be uh, gender specific at all very nicely said actually um especially where you mentioned that you know which it needs to start from school we feel like a lot of things need to actually start from there because that's where we start developing uh you know our uh, mindset Imagine the amount of time a child spends in school exactly. you spend around 12 years of your life in a school so yeah. a lot of the things you understand gets constructed there you know when we were in school dance was reserved for girls ladkiyan karengi ye dance girls will do this Okay. Just say you are a girl. You do this chum 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 step. You are a boy. That means you do chum 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 step. Okay. The step itself is being like used in a certain way, right? <laughs> that that. So you know you are like okay. मतलब okay this dance मतलब I will not do. If it's some sort of a function invocatory piece, then girls will dance. Okay. Yeah. Boys come in when there is more bold moves and big function type of a situation. I mean, gender in dance is not a small topic to handle. It's a very huge. team uh, it, it tackle it is not going to take one conversation uh, and i think that we all as as individuals also need to be uh, you know self educate ourselves on a lot of uh, things it's an ongoing process but i think the simple sometimes doing simple things like uh, you know if if you're you're working with children don't kind of box them into that oh you need to do this kind of movement if you're a guy you need to do this kind of movement if you're a girl um you know don't box them that kind of way if you are a dance teacher teaching in a studio space then kind of if you have people of different gender expressions let them come and be you know participate equally in that um it it just making simple things to ensure that people feel comfortable doing what they do and i think that the dressing she makes a huge difference in that sense you know when i when i tell my students come dressed in a comfortable clothes i mean comfortable for you 
not what is comfortable for me right so if uh, someone feels that okay wearing a proper churidar is what i'm comfortable in dancing with great if you feel like no a sari is comfortable with then that's also great but if you feel like no shorts are more comfortable then that's also great right it doesn't have to be that everybody has to be dressed in identical uh, manner and when i kind of send out what you need to prepare for the class i say okay you can wear whatever you want so if you're wearing a sari tuck in the pallu so you don't trip and fall if you're wearing a, a salwar kameez don't wear a salwar that is too long that again you you will trip so i give kind of things like that but i never say you need to wear only this <laughs> and come so i think that kind of things makes makes a difference because then i think people are more comfortable and then they are comfortable in that and you know fidgeting with your clothes and you know thinking oh whether this is working out for me or not i think you can have a better concentration on the movement aspect of things very nicely pointed out yeah you need to be comfortable in the clothes that you're wearing for you to even like focus on anything else right Uh, other than gender also right like also people who are joining the dance clubs um because it's also seen as a very uh, upper caste uh, and also a very different um, kind of a politics itself right like this whole dance politics and trying to make it look like um only bharatanatyam is like the dance form for india and things like mm-hmm. that because it really has uh, bharat mm-hmm. and god uh, <laughs> <Bored> in it <laughs> exactly yeah. so i'm just trying to understand how uh, how does that also affect um, people from uh, uh, how does that affect the whole accessibility angle like because you're from a different caste and not just for your class but generally as a as a history i think that from personal experience like to be very honest i went to a dance class uh, because my parents belong uh to chennai they wanted some sort of chennai aspect of uh, to be in part of my life yeah uh, so bharatanatyam was the dance that everybody did and uh, i was put in a bharatanatyam class yeah because that is associated with this identity of being a tamilian or being a brahmin girl or being someone who's from tamil nadu and things like that i that's the reason my parents did not put me in a kathak class or an odissi class they put me in a bharatanatyam class so a lot of the parents make an informed choice there that you know i will put my child in this class because of this and there is a, the reason is a certain kind of a cultural propagation yeah that's why i landed up in a uh, bharatanatyam class uh, you know and when i started learning the dance i didn't uh, i didn't know what it meant yeah i didn't come to bharatanatyam class knowing all the things that are possible and then choose to <laughs> bharatanatyam i came to class I think that when I was learning Bharatanatyam, I didn't even know there are other art forms at that point when I started learning. Only by being with my guru and you know we used to talk about okay this art form is this, this art form is this, this art form is this, and we used to go for different programs to see other people dance. That's that's when I got to know okay Kathak exists, Odissi exists, um, and my guru was personally trained in two art forms, so I came to know Chao exists. So all of that I came to know later, yeah, and not at that point I was dancing. And I think that uh, uh, if as if you are a parent putting a child in a dance class uh, put the child in uh, maybe you know maybe when your child is 6 7 or 8 years old what you can do is put them into three taster sessions and see where they are connecting with what dance more it's possible that you can be a south indian but you connect with kathak more you can be a north indian connecting with bharatanatyam more 
uh, you can be anybody connect uh, you know uh, someone living in delhi and connecting with mohini atam mode you don't know that yeah but i think that the taster sessions are really helpful and i think that kind of can if they, as parents they take that responsibility of it as an adult if you have uh, learned an art form for a really long time and uh, if you feel like give yourself the opportunity to learn other things as well uh, i was very lucky enough that when i was in college i got to learn a little bit of odissi absolutely loved it because there were so many nuances in that dance form that was so nice and uh, odissi again odissi made me very comp- uh, you know when i started odissi i struggled with the art form struggled like i was so bad at it because you know i just couldn't figure out where to do what but i think just by sticking through it uh it made me very comfortable with my pelvis that's why i love to be very comfortable with my pelvis because the art form needed that and you know with, with kind of also i had the teacher who was allowing me to have that space and things like that so um yes yes you know arts are still a space where we think of dance as only as thing for cultural propagation but i think that what by the virtue of performing again if you can kind of break those barriers these are also conversations that we need to have for a really long time over a period of time with people over and over again yeah so i think that's what it is so okay, does yeah. that answer what you asked <laughs> yeah. okay so this brings us to the end of this episode uh before we close we is there something you want to tell our audience uh anything just one thing that you want to tell our audience is anything that you want to share okay there is one thing that i want to tell people is that if you have ever thought about dancing just go down and just go join join a dance class if if, if you feel like okay this is way i will do it is by joining something by exploring it i know as adults we don't think it is important to have a hobby we think that it is important to have career but not hobby hobbies are very important to have as well because it allows for your mind to grow uh, also keep the plasticity of the brain active yeah so very scientific you so if you have ever thought about dancing no matter who you are no matter where you are now that the the world is online i think sometimes accessibility has increased in certain areas just do it just do it um don't think too much of what i'm going am i going to look funny am i not going to look funny it does not matter just do it and i think that uh, social media then is uh, one way, one place where you can kind of experiment with a lot of things and you know we often think so much should i post it should i not post it should this dance look like that should this not movement work good bad uh, not so good great work great work not so great work good work mediocre work just put it out there it's okay i mean the worst thing that happens is people will criticize it but i think that's also part of the learning process so <laughs> i think what really stood out for us is not to criticize but critically analyze so i leave as i end this conversation i think that's what i would say don't criticize critically analyze uh, whether it is your body whether it is your dance whether it is your movement or whether it is some decisions that you are making i think that always helps very nice <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's a great uh, i i think that's a great finishing line or <laughs> like the ending that you call it <laughs> very well said thank you so much for being on our podcast uh, it actually thank you for having me yeah <laughs> yeah it was a very interesting conversation i was actually telling madhu as well um something mm-hmm. different from what we've had before so and very insightful also so thank you so much thank you i love being i love being here uh, i love supporting madhu in her venture <laughs> 
so thank you thank you madhu thank you pritika <laughs> for having for having me as part of the conversation all right thank you for Take your care, time guys. thank you so much bye 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 thank you so much guys for tuning in today hi krishnan this is malini nai the solli agano ni avlo illa illa adilla adilla i meant to say stay tuned guys so we have more exciting episodes coming your way stay tuned and write to us uh, if you have any comments or feedback write to us at podcastpetromax@gmail.com and for more exciting uh, content you can follow us on instagram on petromax write da venuma yes we use the same name there as well so see you soon guys nandri vanakkam